So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields. And tonight I have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm fantastic, Rick. How are you? I'm lovely. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> About 20 seconds before showtime. I like Nothing it. like a little last-minute shuffle, eh? Hey, every day I'm shuffling. Oh. <clears throat> it's all right. Yeah, so before, before, we, get on, before we get on with the show, we should probably... Um, should probably give a shout out to the young woman who was supposed to be our guest this evening. Yes. Um, but unfortunately is in the hospital. Our uh, intended musical guest, Maria Brodskaya, yes. has has, has uh, found herself in hospital and they don't let you do radio shows from there. No, apparently not. So. <laughs> um, she, is, she is in good spirits, though. I, I Skype very briefly with her today. So uh, she's in good spirits, positive spirits. It's expecting to be out um, in in under a week and will get uh, re- rework a date with us so that she can come play in our virtual sandbox. So um, our prayers go with her and uh, for a speedy recovery. Yes, absolutely. And uh, And we will, for sure, everybody, have her back. Uh, just as soon as she is able, and we'll hear about the music and the hospital, maybe. <laughs> See, we have to have extra news. I guess, yeah. She wanted to. She wanted to um, have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her so music now there's, isn't enough. Now there's something extra to talk about, and uh, uh, and maybe she won't be so frightened about not being understood. She'd just be glad to be there. <laughs> it's Probably. what works, but. In usual everyday connection style, we have uh, called upon our connections, and uh, so uh, besides uh, the initial fallback position, which is Nikki Jean and I talking about Changemakers, the movie, um, (laughs) we actually have brought along Aurora to talk with us about Changemakers, the movie, and all things Habitile. but it is kind of cool. We do get these cancellations sometimes, and they always seem to work out just right. So I suspect, expect a really cool show by the time we're done. Absolutely. Aurora. Good to make some change with you guys. Good to, <laughs> good to have you back again. Yeah. This is what you get for posting on the wall that you want to talk to me. <laughs> Less than 12 hours later on the radio. That's it. Right. Way to manifest yourself a guest spot on the radio show, Aurora. Works every time. Almost. 
But I did think it was interesting because I had just seen the, you know, please call me. And Gene called me and said, we have a problem. We don't have a guest. I said, oh, yes, we do. Aurora wants to talk. <laughs> That's she great. Thought I, she thought I was just as crazy as I actually am. But we went ahead with it, and here we are. Well, that's great. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. And um, with the early spring here in California, we have, I've um, actually got to release a monarch butterfly uh, in the garden at the Lakeside Gardens at Lake Merritt, where I've been volunteering last week. So the monarchs are flying uh, on their way towards the north. And um, so that's always a hopeful, beautiful thing to witness. Oh, it's just gorgeous. We've been having, I've been talking about it you know, to Jane and poor thing is in Montreal. Doesn't really want to hear about it, but <laughs> <clears throat> we've been having some warm temperatures and uh, quite an early spring. I'm really concerned that the, uh, every year we have a thing called the Azalea Trail and I used to know about yeah, it because we lived, already. we lived in the neighborhood where it happened, you know, mm-hmm. and where I grew up and so it was a big deal every year, you know, are the azaleas going to be in bloom? And, um, well, they, they're in wild bloom now and have been for a couple of weeks, really. Uh, but certainly the past week I've been stopping every morning to admire the – I sent you a picture, Jane. Yes, you did, and they're beautiful. And, and do you know what's exciting? It's going to be like plus 10 degrees here tomorrow. So, <laughs> is that a good thing? Which is Dude, awesome for you. It's minus – Forget Ted yesterday or something uh-huh. like that. It was horrible. <laughs> um, it's very exciting because apparently it's going up to zero and above zero, and it's going to hold the above zero for um, for at least a week, um, which bodes well for us because it's going to bring back some green, and that's awesome news. Because you know it snowed and that was fun, but it's time for it to go away now. Yeah, and that's that's actually very cool for. Uh, American listeners, that's 10 degrees Celsius is about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So for Montreal on March 7th, that's toasty. It's freaking phenomenal. It's toasty. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It, you're getting the early spring. It's just going to be early for you. It would be odd or almost impossible if it was already for you in Montreal. Well, it's, but. it's not really that we're getting an early spring, which is really odd, because we never really got a winter. Like we, Winter didn't really start until about two weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> or three yeah. weeks ago, or something like that. I mean, it really hasn't been long at all for us. So, But, you know, I'm not fond of the weather, winter weather anyway, so I'm excited to see that it's coming warm again and that... Um, I, I mean, spring is always an exciting time of year. So much gets given birth to in springtime, not just in nature, but, you know, with regards to the human element as well. It's when Projects people seem to have their best ideas and, and the most energy and, you know, to be able to explore those ideas and bring them to life. And it's always fun to watch this time of year to see what people are coming up with. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, well, is the Azalea Trail that you mentioned, Rick? Is it is this early for a typical year? Um, yeah, the the trail is maybe. Um, I I think March ninth, which is this weekend, uh, is right about on time for them. But uh, this has just been the extraordinarily early. Uh, like Jean said, we really haven't had a winter here. We had one cold snap, and. Um, uh, you know, then we had some days when it was cool. Us people in Houston would have said that it was 
freakishly cold, but we say that about anything below 45 degrees, <laughs> which would be like 8 or 9 Celsius. Um, anything below that, we th- we think we're freezing to death. I think the same is here in California. We haven't really had a winter. We didn't get as much rain as we got as we normally would. We the rain the rains came very late, um, and then there haven't been that much of them. We've had some like you have some cold dips, but really it stayed pretty warm. And it's interesting. I'm wondering. It's like, you know. I wonder if it's our desire, because maybe we all really want to live in the tropics, you know, or something. Like, is it our desire for warm weather that's kind of changing things? Um, Or is it also kind of like how we don't take a rest? Like, we don't rest very much. Like, we're, you know, human doings more than maybe human beings a lot of the time. And I'm wondering, it's like, like you said, it's like spring is back, and we love that, because... It's an exciting time, but did we actually take the rest and the replenishment that we need? Oh, I think so. I think that there's a lot. I I, I really do. I believe in each of us there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now. Uh, And a lot of people, uh, even overachieving lightworkers like ourselves, have (laughs) talked a little bit about feeling stuck or feeling like nothing's happening or you know, I, I'm, I must be disconnected. I don't know what to do next. Uh, well, <laughs> not knowing what to do next is sometimes an indication of please don't do anything just this minute. And I think we had a lot of downloads and a lot of really freakish change over the year in 2011. And that we have had a little bit of a just a respite, not so much a hibernation, just a, a respite to sort of let that integrate a little bit. Because this is 2012, you know, you we thought 2011 was rocking. This year's going to be rocking and rolling. So, mm-hmm. I think uh, it's an interesting concept, though, to think in terms of um, in terms of lack of lack of winter being an answer to our desire for warmer weather. I think it might not just be an answer to our desire for warmer weather, but an answer to our need um, as our resources dwindle. Well, I, and what is your I hate to say it, but uh, you know your your chances of surviving with less when you're living in a warmer climate, you know, they're better. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need as much artificial stuff. Yeah. Heat and and greenhouse heated greenhouse foods, which are really super nutritious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. Um, you know, what if what if Earth, you know, decided to work with us instead of just ignoring us and going on, decided to work with us a little bit. So we suddenly had a longer growing season everywhere that we have a growing season. We'd have a lot less trouble feeding people if we took advantage of it and grew things. Now you've got to do that and stop growing the Franken seeds. But, uh, That's, and it, again, that goes back to looking at something with um, with a positive I as opposed to oh, looking absolutely. at it from a fear-based um fear-based space because people are kind of freaking out about this whole uh the season shortening, it's global warming, you know, basically we're screwed. It's going to come to an end. <laughs> and the sky is falling. My mentality always is is that this this planet is such a complex organism. 
anybody who still does not understand that this planet is one interconnected organism really needs to go back to school because, I mean, that's a basic fundamental truth of our existence here on Earth. It is an interconnected organism, and it's a self, um, self-replenishing, self self-healing mm-hmm. organism, mm-hmm. self-sustaining organism. And I think that anything that happens to it on such a large scale, is even, you know, um, species disappearing or new species appearing, it's part of the adaptation of the planet it's a cycle, and that's how she renews and refreshes and cleanses. And a big change often starts at the poles. If you, those of you that like the physics and the math of it, the tube torus, there's a center, and it flows out the bottom and around the edges and back in the top, just like the magnetic field on the planet, uh, which is symbolic of that uh, torus reality, uh, and. Uh, there seem to be some reports, if you if you take a look around, there seem to be some reports up in the polar regions that there's suddenly, like, more fish than there were, and they don't know what happened. And I wouldn't worry so much about what happened. I'd just haul them in and go sell them, you know. Um, I don't think all those years ago when Jesus told the fishermen, throw your net over the other side, they were too busy hauling in fish to worry about how he did that. <laughs> okay. So everybody relax, just haul in the fish and let's eat them because wild salmon sounds good to me. It's so true because, you know, I mean, if you're sitting there going, but brother with the long hair and the sandals, how are you doing this? You know, you're missing the catch. So <laughs> Yeah, pull in the fish and don't worry so much about how. Pull in the and, fish, have dinner, chill out, relax. And, uh, and and know that the mother's got it under control and people need to start having having a little more faith in that. <laughs> And there are people in Montreal, for example, that would love to have a garden longer in the year. Well, what if they get their wish? That's you know, what I was, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think some of a lot of this is our desire for, like, uh, and we're influencing things right with our desires. And I love. I anyway. I love this too. I love the potential of thinking about our, you know, our interconnectedness, and that we. Uh, we might be, we are influencing things no matter what we do. So we might as well get what we want, you know. And if we can really focus on a truly beautiful, equitable, you know, caring, sharing, loving place for us to be in, may, we, maybe we'll get it. Oh, yeah, I think we can. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, Bashar talks about things on their planet and the way they are now and the way they used to be. They're not the same. It changes. And the way it is now, where they're sort of moving the next step beyond the step we're taking, their planet doesn't have very much tilt, so it's the same season all the time, everywhere. Right. It's just comfortable all the time. You can grow all year round. They don't have any predators, but it's because they're not predatory. Um, because the the planet's in part a reflection of what's going on with us. And, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about recently with Dr. We are going to get around to talking about the movie, folks, um, for our guests that have joined us in the chat room. Um, uh, but this is about the movie. Well, carry it is. on with what you're saying and stop worrying about. Well, well, you know, 
um, that the physical reality is a reflection of us. And we talked recently with uh, Dr. Uh, what's the doctor's name, Gene? Uh, Walls. Dr. Walls. <laughs> about the Walls protocol. And the Walls protocol is built around two things, uh, basically. What she sees in the human body in, in almost in general, with children's having had children having smaller jaw sizes, ADD, ADHD, all these th- youthful diabetes. It, she sees two things, and, and it also applies to MS, and so that's why she did something about it in her own body, and look, it works better now. Um, in fact, it works now, and they said it would never work again, and she rides her bike and laughs at them. But um, is based on generating more energy, feeding the mitochondria, who can then provide us with more energy, right? And it works. And what do we have that we see in this external mirror we call the world? There seems to be an energy shortage, or maybe not a shortage right now, but we're afraid it's going to run out or, you know. And the other thing that this diet facilitates is toxin removal, because we've been building up toxins and haven't had the energy to remove them and deal with them. Um, And if you look at the planet around us, Okay, there seems to be a shortage of fuel, both in oil and food, and and there seems to be an overabundance of toxins, like big plastic islands in the ocean and things like that. And we don't, Earth doesn't seem to be disposing of the toxins. What's up? Well, I know, and 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 Gene will attest, I'm sure. After being on this diet for a while, I've lost 30 pounds. It's 30 pounds of fat because the inches have gone faster than the pounds. That fat carries with it whatever toxins were in your bloodstream when the fat got stored and so they just sit there like a big island in your pacific navel your <laughs> belly and and so it's entirely possible in fact i'm pretty sure that it is that as we clean up our own backyard as in inside that this outside will just magically go now with are the fairies of the universe going to come and take the island away? No, I I suspect that we'll come up with some sort of an idea. But, um, you know, I was talking with a um, good friend the other day about, you know, what what do I think about this oil thing? My dad's in the oil business. I was in the oil business for a decade. And I said, well, I'm not really worried about it. He said, well, don't you think we're running out? Yes, we're running out. Seems that way anyway. But if you look back through history, when we were burning logs, and then we were burning coal, and then we were burning oil, and now we just mostly use electricity, on a personal level, I'm saying. Um, well, every time that you know it seemed like, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to run out of trees if we keep going this way. Oh, there's coal. Oh, okay. Oh, what are we going to do? We're going to run out of coal if we keep going this way, and we won't be able to breathe. Oh, well, look, there's oil. Oh, okay. Well, so something's coming. Look at the history books. Something always came. Don't look at the history books and look at how much they suffered right before it came. Not even something's coming, brother. Something's here. Well, yeah, something's on somebody's workbench right now, I feel quite certain. But it, when we get to wherever we get to that we now kind of look at and call tomorrow, whenever we get there, and of course it'll be now when we do, we'll have whatever it is that we need to enjoy that now fully. And that's all there is. Really? So we're back to the, would everybody just get over it? Lighten up. <laughs> um, you know, 
uh, watching Nora Harold that was on the show and Wendy Kennedy doing a joint channeling uh, out in California uh, on video earlier today. And at one point, uh, Nora was channeling, uh, interrupted the conversation, channeling a fairy. And looked at the person and said, we can tell you one thing right now. You need to be having a lot more fun. You are not having enough fun. Go have some fun. <laughs> and um, I would say that's probably good advice. I went and did it today, and I feel yummy. You know, I just went, oh, there was stuff to do for the show, and reschedule this and change this and modify that, and what about this? And ah, I went and played with the dog. And then we went for a really long walk, and it was just yummy. And now I feel yummy, and the show all came together, and it's yummy. Mm-hmm. Yay. So, change makers, the revolution solution. That's what we're the talking fairy. about. The solution to the revolution is the fairies of the universe are coming and telling you to play more. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. I, um, the Lakeside Gardens in at Oakland's Lake Merritt, <laughs> where I was working today, um, I'm volunteering there. I, I'm putting up a 10-foot-high sculpture that I made as a habitat for tree frogs, and I made it out of that waste plastic, the styrofoam that was on its way to the landfill, and I carved it and coated it with concrete. And um, so it's this tower for tree frogs. And um, right next to the lakeside gardens there, where I told you we have um, monarch butterflies that have, you know, we collected them as caterpillars on the milkweed and then raised them because they don't eat anything else. So you can take them in and protect them and watch them, you know, go through their caterpillar metamorphosis. They lose their skin seven times uh, as a caterpillar. They change. They get bigger. They drop their skin like a snake. They shed and get bigger, and they change colors every time as they do that before they go into the chrysalis. So it's a really beautiful process. And right next door to the Lakeside Gardens is um, Fairyland, and Fairyland, I just learned recently, um, was Walt Disney's inspiration for Disneyland. He came to the, because Lake Merritt, I found out also in 1870, I believe was, yeah, declared the first wildlife refuge of the United States of America. Even before, it was the year before Yellowstone was declared a wildlife refuge because it's um, an inland saline estuary. So you have salt water, you know, protected by land, and it's a huge stopover. It's on the Pacific Flyway for birds. And so it's really interesting that we have both a wildlife refuge and fairy land um, right next to each other here in the Bay Area. <laughs> I swear there's no place on earth quite like San Francisco. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's a, a wonderful and unique spot, but then there's so many. Not to belittle San Francisco. I love the place, but but uh, uh, everybody needs to take a little look around and at where they are and find what's beautiful there and spend your time looking at that and not spend so much time looking at what's ugly. That's awesome. San Francisco has a fairyland. It's Oakland. Fairyland. Oakland. Oh. O- Oakland's across. It's on the San Francisco it's Bay. It's on the Bay. Oh, it's on yeah. the Bay. It's okay. on the Bay. It's all sort of it's one interconnected big. and related. Yeah. But, you know, different flavors in different spots. So what is little. fairyland like? 
it's a child it's a child's playground it's oh. a, it's a lovely place it has a beautiful old sculpture that um looks like dandelions when they go to seed and um each one of the little spokes on the dandelion flowers that's about 30 feet well 20 feet high and each one of the little uh, florets is a crystal Wow. It was it was simply kind of in the 50s, you know, made in the 50s. And so each crystal was just tie it's tied on, secured onto the metal spoke. And then but when the sun hits it, there's rainbows everywhere, of course, dancing all over the lawns. And uh so it's a really it's That's just so a cool. sweet children's playground. That sounds like a very cool place to play. Yeah, and it has a castle that was the inspiration for Disney's castle. Yeah, he came and visited the place. It's That's right awesome. there in the, in the history of the fairyland. I, I forget. Someone kind of famous brought him. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if it's Ralph Waldo Emerson or something. It's like somebody kind of famous brought Walt Disney to fairyland in Oakland. And um, anyway, I, I'm sorry I don't know that. But it's just been... It's just a sweet, you know, it's a place of great diversity. And that's, I guess, and a place where all kinds of creatures, right? You have the night herons and the egrets and the mergansers, you know, the, all these water birds. At the same time, you have all these different people. They're all exercising, walking their dogs, jogging. And then you have children playing. and 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 then in the lakeside gardens, you have... Of Irea rhododendron area where it's like the big largest collection of these kinds of rhododendrons in the world, and you just have this amazing, you know, diversity. And what I love is that combination of wildlife and human life. And they're not, you know, you're not trying to segregate, but you're giving like room for all of it to happen at the same time. It's really beautiful. That's that so is. cool. And I mean, with places like the Owl and the Pussycat and Johnny Appleseed's Cafe and, <laughs> uh, you know, Clock Tower Slide and the Little Red Hen, Rapunzel's Castle. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. How can you go wrong? How can you go wrong? This is, you know, yay. Anyway. Awesome. So a habitat for tree frogs just... You know, they would like to have some tree frogs, and so you just came in and said, yeah, we can do that. Well, they have, um, exactly, they already have the Pacific tree frogs are already there. I've heard them, and I got excited. So um, that's been, it's worked out that I'm I'm working on it there, and we'll get it solidified and, you know, get approved so that the installation is, like, secure. So it's a process, but I'm working on it now, and... I'll put some mosaics on it so it looks sparkly and pretty and kind of, um, you know, help to, you know, just maybe be a beacon so people see that it's um, a habitat for, I'll put some mosaics of the frogs and maybe some dragonflies probably around on it so people start to understand, you know, without having to read anything, they'll just understand that this this sculpture was made for, for life. So awesome living sculpture! Yay! And, and it's the the 
you're, you folks are witnessing the very evolution of our movie as we're talking. Because <laughs> what habitats and extraordinary things will Aurora have put together by the time that we arrive to film? Yeah, we would know there could it, be something that's better than we've imagined so far that we, we're filming. We have we have progressed from creating um, a unique and inventive solution to transform our urban cement prisons into something beautiful and natural um, and beneficial to our health and to our planet. But we've progressed beyond that, as as amazing as that sounds, into taking that same brilliant technology and now providing habitats for wildlife. I mean, wow. <laughs> Yay! Really? <laughs> Is there anything you can't do? <laughs> I'm just curious. Just thought well, we you were could... going to be an author. You're actually a, a, a movie producer and a radio host. Just thought you were going to dress up the city walls. You're actually a habitat creator to help Yay. restore wildlife to where it belongs, which is here. Exactly. Wildlife is fun. Yeah, and exactly. And the wildlife is the fairies. It's like when you think of the fairies, like that. It's the the light. You know, whatever those bugs, those that light up, the lightning bugs. Lightning bugs. Lightning bugs. And um, you know that is the. The fairies only live in nature, right? That's they only live in the meadows and the the natural places, and they drink out of acorn cups, and <laughs> you know. Yeah, and we had we've got this little vine that has little yellow blooms on them, and then when they fall off, they land, you know, with a point sticking out, very long and pointy actually, and then the fringe. They look like fairies left their hats behind, you know. So every <laughs> yeah. morning when I pass there, I'm like, oh, must have been a great party last night. They all left their hats. And, uh, exactly. Uh, that's in uh, nasturtiums in French are called capucins because they look like the capucine monks' hats. Yeah, yeah. Capuchin, the cap. So it's so. It's just I, you know, I did have a song. I sing in a choir called the Gorilla Choir. And oh. um, when you said that there was a singer supposed to come, I. I'd love to sing you just a little bit of the song if you. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Really? Okay. Now? We'll, yeah, well, well, yeah, I was we'll actually just going to say it's time for a musical break. So yeah, let's we'll, take we'll an Aurora musical James, break. You know, what can't she do, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> one more. This is uh, sung by Jar- Yaris, and it's uh, for the Gorilla Choir, and it's called Every Moment is Sacred. Earth, sky, and trees are my religion. The whispering breeze is my prayer. I'm dancing so free in inspiration. This is the way we're meant to Every step I take, I walk in love. And every breath I take, I breathe in love. Every move I make, I'm making love with the universe inside of I and I. With the universe inside. 
Every moment is sacred. I am receiving the blessing. Every moment is sacred. I see perfection unfolding. Every moment is sacred. I see the door open wide. Cause every moment is sacred. And I am touched, touched deep inside. Because I like that. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Sweet song, yeah. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) We should impromptu moments on on Everyday Connection where our guests will just randomly break into song. Yeah. Or poetry, or you know. You just never know what you're going to get. Dare we say it? Everyday Connection is like a box of chocolates. Aww. Aww. <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get. We get that um, sometimes. We have a guest on that's a musical guest or a, somebody that, you know, and, and people will be in the chat room asking her, are you doing readings tonight? And, no. Maybe a reading of their poetry, but not. they don't do that. It's not necessarily the psychic show. We do that too, though. We do all that. We just do all that. Um, so, author S, writer of words, spinner of tales. What's this change makers thing? What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, you. <laughs> what the hell was I? Thinking? What the hell were you thinking, and where are you going with that? Uh, what the hell was I thinking? You know what I was thinking? I mean, if we want to get down to brass tacks, and I want to lay it out there so that people understand it, and I'm not going to make it syrupy, and I'm not going to make it sweet, and I'm just going to be perfectly honest. I'm just tired, sick to death, of people looking at me and saying, there's no hope. Look what we've done to our planet. We can't go anywhere but down. At this point, there's nothing left for us to do. We can't save this. We've destroyed too much. We're screwed. If one more person says that to me, I swear, (laughs) the little sweet hippie gypsy girl is going to turn back into evil and there's going to be bloodshed or something. Because I heard it one too many times and and I, I don't see that. And that's what Changemakers is all about. That's not what I see in our world. I don't see a world that is lost. I see a world that is just on the verge of birthing the most incredible adventure that mankind has ever been a part of. That's what I see. I Mm -hmm. see a younger generation who is so far advanced of any other generation before that I I can't even wrap my head around where we could possibly be in 20 to 30 years. I see a race of people who, for the first time ever, have learned to communicate and to spread understanding and compassion and acceptance, who are standing up together and uniting in a joined voice 
for change. And unprecedented. Unprecedented. Global. I mean, global. whatever that date was, then we global. pulled the map of the... Revolution. Everywhere. Yeah. There was like a group in Antarctica that made a banner just so that they could take their picture and say, we did it. You know, it's nothing to protest it. There's nobody down there, but they did it anyway. And And so it got to the point where I was seeing all this amazing stuff and... At the same time, I was seeing that there were people out there who still weren't seeing it. And I can't understand that. I don't understand how you can live on the planet today with the technology that we have and the access to information that we have. How you can sit on your lazy ass in front of a TV and accept what the media feeds you to be reality. Oh, don't. I think it's important. You know what I think? Oh, I think be I think, nice, be nice. People are just they're exhausted and no, they're malnourished. Non excuse. <laughs> well, they are. They are, and 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 it's because we've let ourselves forget how to eat and how to live. We've exactly. And and so I figured that if we could come up with a way to show, so that because this idea of change is always so scary, right? Mm-hmm. People seem to be overwhelmed with the idea of change. They seem to think that there's so much effort involved and that there's so few people actually doing something to create solutions that it will take years and years and years for us to see any kind of any kind of results. So I figured if we could come up with a way to bring together a whole bunch of different people with different ideas from different parts of the world, who were doing unique and inspiring, out-of-the-box, I don't know what to call them, creations, adventures, solutions. I mean, there's so many of the people that we're going to bring into the film, but that will make it look attractive, fun, entertaining, lighthearted. So, because that's what I see when I see you, and, and other people like you doing your work. You love it so much, and you enjoy it so much, and it's not work for you. And I think that is the element of this that people need to see. They need to see these amazing designs that people have come up with. They need to see how sexy this stuff really is, how attractive it is, how fun it would be to live in some of these homes. And and, and hear these people talk about how yeah. living in this eco-sustainable community that we have built here, I, I have like all kinds of time because I don't have to work so much. Yeah, and so we get complacent. And, and it, we, isn't that what people want? One of the things people want, I don't want to have to work so much. I wish I had more time exactly. to follow my passion. Want to be okay. <laughs> all right, so we can show you that, you know, it's not... Oh, sure, we can live in harmony with nature in a teepee out somewhere. No. It's not like that at all, people. These, these I'm telling you, some of these tree houses that would... Uh, these houses... Stainless steel appliances, you know... Crazy recessed lighting. It's just, you know, just, wow. I mean, and then, like, solutions like auroras. I mean, then that's why we wanted to do this was because, okay, the... The tree houses, they're not, not everybody can, you know, drop everything and move to Costa Rica and live in a tree house. As cool as that would be, <laughs> not everybody can be, do that. But 
we still have these huge urban settlements. So what do we do about those? Because we're not about to start knocking down all the buildings. That would be silly, so wasteful, and we're trying to stop waste, not create more of it. So we have to come up with ways to make those buildings more in alignment with where we're going globally. Um, and and that's where people like Aurora come in and, and you know, I it's well, and some of these strange things like paint we have so we can protect the outside of our buildings from the sun and the wind and the rain and the, well, why don't we put something on the outside that takes the sun and the wind and the rain and turns it into flowers or yeah. peas or whatever, yeah, strawberries. I mean, so we, we cut down trees and we dig in the ground to create this thing, these things called sidings. <laughs> Siding, right? Um, which is... But then um, it has to be replaced in a few years. And take Aurora's creation and put that on your walls. Um, And it, you know, look, there's probably cheaper than residing your. (laughs) There's buildings in Europe I've seen that just plain old stone or brick, and they have vines growing all over them. You know, people say, "Oh, you better get that off. It's got these little tendrils. It's going to destroy the brick." No, it's not. There's buildings over there I've seen that are, you know, 500 years old. Exactly. And they got vines all over them, and nothing has fallen down. You know? Why would the vines tear down the place they live? As long as they like it there. They wouldn't. And that's, So I'm... be nice to your vines. Get to know your vines just like your viruses. <laughs> and that's we're just still in the V's, people. Wow. What a list. Um, it's It's such a... Such an inspiring collection of people, and it's a small collection, and that's the really cool thing. And as we go further into this, I'm discovering that you know we're not the only people making these kinds of films, which is even better. See, because my my thinking is is that not everybody has access to the internet. As much as I would like to believe that everybody has access and has the drive and ambition to go out and find this information, not everybody does have access to the internet. So, if we can get it into mainstream society into mainstream media, into our education systems, and let people know through those avenues that the solutions are there, then I think that people will jump on board with these solutions. And I think that there will be massive support for these independent creators. Oh, I think there 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 will be all of that. But yeah. if nothing else happens, what I want to do is change the conversation. I don't care how we got screwed up in society or government or banking or anything else. I don't care how we got there. I care how we get out of there. You know, I'm not interested in going back and finding the entrance. I'm looking for the exit, people. (laughs) You know, (laughs) come on now. You like it in here? Is this working for you? And but we have been blessed to locate, you know, these people that it is working for them. So, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, people not being generating enough energy in their body because they're not fueling it properly and not disposing of their toxins. And if we could do that, then maybe the planet would follow suit. Well, I know it would follow suit. Well, so if for nothing else than to change the conversation for Jane and Aurora and me to where all we do is talk about the cool stuff that's going right. Then you'll be surrounded by nothing but cool stuff that's going right. 
So, you know, I hope it works to change the conversation for the planet. Or is this even some little small part of that? But as long as it changes the conversation for me, I'm good. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there so that, you know, it's important, I think, that we throw in from time to time that we do everyday connection radio for selfish reasons. Because we get to hang with cool people and talk about cool stuff. Well, wouldn't you like to hang with cool people and talk about cool stuff all the time? And that's, Well, the that's, more we do that, the more we do that. And pretty soon that's all we'll have time for in our lives. That's basically it, right? Because I didn't want to hear anybody else say, but we can't. I wanted to go out and find the people who, said, who were saying, oh, we can, we are. Oh, we are. Look, see Look what this. we did already? That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to surround myself with. And I mean, we're going to visit one, one small community, and I do mean small compared to seven billion people. And they have written their own constitution. They have their own money. They have people all around the world that interface with groups in those places. They don't necessarily interface with the government because that's not necessarily. You know, let's see. Let me find one of the most screwed up parts of society, and that's who I'm going to go talk to about making things better. No. (laughs) That's broken. Leave it alone. Quit playing with it. Okay? It's broken. Leave it alone. There's more toys in the playroom, you know? And and, uh, uh, so, you know, we may have a brief introduction of why is it that we need to change this conversation, but... I promise you, not a two-hour movie, 90 minutes of which are about what's wrong, because that just makes more what's wrong. No, we have already actually, we sat down and had a a really in-depth discussion about how we're going to run this script, and um, you'll be lucky if you get five minutes of what's wrong, (laughs) because both the director and I are determined to not go there. Um, It's... And that will, you know, the the entire movie, as as much as we are able, is going to be focused on solutions. And, it's all about the solutions. And I know our dear Jean. She's going to be over there trying to get a hold of the kids. I want to talk to the kids. What do you think about this? How do you like this? <laughs> What's going on with you out here in the woods with your parents? Are they crazy? <laughs> And the stories that those young ones are going to tell will blow your mind. I'm just willing to bet. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You think so? Well, I think kids always think their parents are crazy, and I think they're always right. <laughs> well, sure, because they're ready to take the next step and move yeah. on. And <laughs> But these kinds of communities, these intentional communities... Because, look, we're in community, folks, whether we like it or not. So let's you want it to be intentional or you want it to be accidental? Accidental can be ugly, messy, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, these intentional communities, people feel loved, accepted, and supported. And people that feel that way are peaceful. Yes, you know, I uh, just lo- I went and heard Angela Davis. Um, who's a you know a former a Black Panther revolutionary, African American civil rights uh, per leader and intellectual now professor, and um, she was in conversation with a 97 year old activist from Detroit named Grace Lee Boggs, B O G G S, and Grace Boggs is 97 years old, 
with the biggest smile I have ever seen and just full of so much love. And she talked about, she, she was married to an African-American uh, revolutionary in Detroit, and they watched, you know, the jobs dwindle and go overseas in the 80s, and they watched the influx of crack cocaine into the the into their neighborhoods and how devastating that was. And so that is when they really started to do a lot of community organizing. And now Detroit has more urban agriculture than any city in the United States. And um, because and she, she says, it's time to bring the neighbor back to the hood. And it's, uh, she also said, it's time for us to grow our soul. We have to do the inner work. She She's 97 telling us this, right, that mm-hmm. it's not about we have to stop talking about jobs. It's not we, we can't think in those terms anymore. It's not about that. We need to do the inner work and grow our soul and then take care of each other and grow our own food, self-sufficiency. That's, she's, you know, that's exactly what she was saying. And it was just beautiful to hear that coming from this most incredible 97-year-old woman who's lived through a lot and just with the biggest smile and most open heart. It was truly, truly sweet. And there were at least 1,500 people who came. You know, it was, there was, it was packed and overflowing the the room they had overflow room and the overflow room went overflow as well and they so there was at least 1500 people who came out to hear them speak and this was just last week well i think the conversation is changing and that's that's the thing i mean i well that's why there's a bunch of other people not a bunch but there are other filmmakers that are filming on a similar subject line in vain is it's it's not only being has been asked for it's time i think yeah yeah i think of just in the past year or two it uh that movie dirt came out uh about you know the power of of soil and then drive definitely and the 11th hour that leonardo dicaprio had done a couple years back i think speaks into this area as well now your movie and then this um just at sundance i think oh our friend christopher zelov is a filmmaker that did um um, a story of solutionaries in 2000 i think it was four or five when he did the ecological design um design outlaws on the ecological frontier or something um and then another friend of his named um who he just recently introduced me to, Mark Kitchell, just did a movie called, it just showed at Sundance, called Fierce Green Fire. Um, yeah, these yeah. Things, everyone wants this. We want this. We all yeah. and, and that's when it begins to manifest like this in the mass consciousness, which is what films are. And if it's just on the edge of mass consciousness, it's, some independent films around the fringes and then they get in the theaters and then it's everywhere and um but i it's why i talk about everyday connection as a talk show in prime time on some major network on the internet probably not you know where people can choose but uh 
is I because there is a call. I don't think the TV networks are going to stick around too much longer anyways. There's a call for it. <laughs> there's a, there's a, it's time, you know. There's a, even the people that we might agree with, if they're getting on there and they're going, look, look what they're doing. No, I don't want to anymore. Look what they're doing. Let's see, there's another story going to be in the paper sometime in the next 10 days of a banker or corporate executive that has been dishonest. Well, whoop de doo <laughs> There were 10 of them in the last month. There's got to be some more coming. Who cares? Could we talk about something different that might work? If these people have their own currency, they've got some ideas about how it circulates and and how they make it work. Or they wouldn't have these little, you know, okay, it's a little system. That's that's great. We can't work on the globe. You sure it can. That's how everything's been invented. There was a little tiny engine, and then they made it bigger and bigger, and then they made it work. You know? That's how that works. So let's quit talking to these people. Talking to these people, and they're just people, but talking to bankers and politicians if you're convinced that they're so screwed it up, well, how are they going to tell you how to fix it? Right. Got to quit talking to these people. Just <laughs> leave them out of the conversation altogether. Don't even invite them. Definitely. This is the, you know, the world of ecosystem services is is putting that kind of trying to understand how to do the accounting and the valuation of of nature and I think there's a movement, and I'm really interested in this movement of equity-based economics, where you start to, you, and, um, oh, there's someone who's working. Oh, she's speaking with that guy, Mark Kitchell, uh, Friday night here in with Paul Hawken. Mark Kitchell and a woman, I forget her name, I'm sorry. But she's uh, making, I think it's called Ecocide. She wants it to be a crime to do any, you know, polluting of, of the earth. Um, and now, basically, so the tar sands are not justifiable. You can't, You. this is where equity-based economics, like we need to be, there needs to be value for us making the world a better place. We should not be rewarded for making the world a less healthy place. And that's, I think that's what's going on, is we're going to change the way we're going to move away from profit-based economics and move towards equity-based economics, where um, we are all start to, we get, we get value by doing something valuable for the earth and each other. But it, and again, it goes back to the consumer, and that's where people need to be aware that they have options. They need to be aware that they have choices, because I think that the average consumer, if you were to give them the option of to buy a product that is beneficial to the planet or to buy a product that's um, damaging the planet, and this person has a choice and they're aware of the consequences of their choice, the average person would choose to buy the product that's benefiting the planet. It's that's, just common sense. It's totally Absolutely. true. As as hybrid vehicles have evolved to where they accelerate and do things that people have come to expect cars to do, people are buying them yeah. fast. 
When the yeah. Prius was released, you had to get on a waiting list. They couldn't build them fast enough. That's right. So why everybody want to talk about the fact that the world's not ready? And it's not that people don't want to be happy and healthy. I mean, but they have been informed that certain actions and things that they do will help to assist them to be healthy and happy. And we're learning now that that's just simply not true. Um, I mean, if you you go back to Dr. Walls and, and the diet that she is you know, exploring and studying and talking about and has written her book about the diet that changed her life, essentially gave her her life back. It's opening up a conversation for us to realize that some of the foods that we're eating are not healthy. And and right. And that, what, what's the name of her book? Oh, it's the, Minding My Mitochondria. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. It works. I can tell you that because I I was diagnosed with, I'm never going to say I have it because uh, that was one thing I learned early in writing my own book on healing Mm -hmm. is that I was diagnosed as having to have um, fibromyalgia. I don't accept that as a diagnosis or as Mm -hmm. a future. Um. Having to live with a neuromuscular disorder or problems um, with muscles due to back injuries, I have had to deal with chronic pain for a very long time. And Dr. Walls came along with two simple solutions for me. Um, and I'm telling you, it, it hurt diet plan and I haven't taken it to the max yet. I haven't followed it to the maximum potential of what I could. But changing my diet to the minimum of what she's saying is required to sustain your system and have it go back into self-repairing mode has given me back my energy. I'm now walking. Like I'm taking two or three walks a day when the weather's good, sometimes three or four when the weather's good. And last week, I started doing exercises, like crunches and leg lifts and stuff like that. Um, That's not something I've been able to do for over two years. And let's face it, that's what's what's going on with Dr. Walls. Yeah. Yeah, woohoo. It worked. Dr. Dr. Walls was in a wheelchair. That's how much she could move comfortably. Right. And... She goes horseback riding, and she rides her bike five miles to work when the weather's nice. She has a car when it rains. It's okay. She's a doctor. Really so simple. It's so simple. It's it's going back to understanding that certain foods, processed foods, are not feeding our system on a basic cellular level. It's not feeding our system, and therefore our system is struggling to maintain its it's equilibrium, balance. right? Yeah. It's balance. So, but once you start feeding the system with the nutrients that it needs, it, it's able to repair itself more quickly. And there go your diseases. So here's all these diseases that we have. And I'm not saying Dr. Walls would never claim that this diet will cure everything, okay? And I'm not making the claim either. But I am saying that this is something that needs to be looked at and examined 
by everybody on a personal level, even played with a little bit. I mean, it's as basic as cutting out certain elements of your diet and bringing in more vitamins and minerals through vegetables and fruit. Um, But to recognize the fact that a lot of the foods that we eat are not helping us. So we've got all these diseases and then we have all these medications and these treatments. But if we fed ourselves properly, we wouldn't need the treatments. Well, and it's look, look at you know we talk about the action is backwards, right? We're doing the treatments instead of the, the feeding, okay? Well, but you look at the way we've been doing science. Science has tried to look when they have these scientific papers that say, look, this organic stuff doesn't make any difference. What they've done is they've tried to show, they've tried to look with their little scientific hoo-hahs. They've tried to look <laughs> and see what's wrong with the processed food, instead of looking at what's right with the food. Or, what a revolutionary idea, just eat a little different for a month. How long did it take before you, you, how long did it take before you could feel it, and so you know it in your bones, because you can feel it in your bones? How long did that take? I would say, I would give, uh, doing what I did, I would give the average person Five day, five to seven days. Give yourself one week on altering, altering your intake, upping your. Okay, now I, when I say vitamins, I don't mean go to the bloody store and buy a bunch of bottles of vitamins. This is not what I mean. No, no. I mean go to the grocery store and get yourself some greens and some colored vegetables and some fruits, and cut back on your starches. Cut back on your breads. You don't have to necessarily cut them out, although I have, and oh my goodness, has it ever made a difference, but you don't have to necessarily do that. This is all, it's very personal. You have to play with it and see what's, what works for you. Don't torture yourself. Don't take away all the things you love in life because that's not going to help you emotionally, but if you can substitute some of the things that are junky-ish with natural fruits and vegetables for a week and see what a difference that makes in your energy level, in your moods. Your moods will stabilize. Um, If you happen to suffer from a chronic pain disorder or neuromuscular disorder, I I foresee a diminish in pain as well. And, And just overall, you'll sleep better. You'll wake up more refreshed. Yeah, I say you, one week. If Give all you, yourself one week. If all we could tell you that was going to happen was that you would wake up refreshed in the morning, you'd quit waking up tired. If you just ate some greens and some colors. It sounds so silly, I know, but but I, I'm telling you, try it for a week, and it's a transition. You don't have to jump off the deep end, and it's it's possible that once she's done clinical trials and there's been conversation about this that the extreme of that diet may not be necessary to get optimal benefit because optimal benefit includes cake in my world you know sometimes not every day maybe but sometimes chocolate at least must have I chocolate have cake on the weekend if there's no chocolate i ain't going <laughs> Great. but i love that we brought this back to exactly what you started with was that the earth is a self-regulating system that will heal herself, right? The body of the earth, we will heal ourselves as we give ourselves the nutrition we need. And most of that is love. Uh, You know, Jesus Jesus had it together. Jesus had things down, you know? Yeah, well, the, the drink from the water of life 
and you'll never thirst. And and it doesn't mean your body won't require water, people. It means you won't <laughs> thirst. Okay. Wow. Get over that, would you? People get so picky here sometimes. And right, but, but we've kind of been taught, you know, by science. It's what we do. We look and see if we can make it go wrong, and then that way we can prove what's right. Wait, that's just what. Doesn't it just it doesn't pass the giggle test, people? It's backwards. And so then you say, we got all these processes on the planet, and they all seem backwards. Well, yeah. We started off with a backwards question. You get a backwards answer. It's the only way that works. Um, so all we got to do is just do uh, the movie is just a bigger version of what we do every week right here on Everyday Connection. And, you know, wow, that's a bold statement, but it's what we do. We talked with Dr. Walls about what what is it what is it that is working in health? Because I I can tell you, as somebody that takes a mountain of pills and doesn't have insurance, so it's thousands of dollars every quarter because that's how they dispense them out. You know, because I'm a long term taker, so they give me a whole ninety days worth once. It's lovely. Uh, that doesn't work. I got better. But then I stopped. I just got as well as I was going to get, and I stopped. And I started eating some greens and some carrots and some things. And, uh, yeah, I had to figure out that I like munchy stuff I can go grab, so I keep lots of broccoli and carrots and stuff that I can go grab. Uh, And I'm getting better again. Well, I'm changing at least. Am I, you know... Spider-Man today? Superman today? No, but things are changing again, whereas I was stuck in yuck. And that's that's all that goes on with society is we've gotten into a habit that we know if we just keep doing this that things won't change much and, you know, it really kind of sucks. But, wow, that's so much better than the unknown. Really? <laughs> really? So I love that video of that oil man's son from up in Canada that finished his, he's talking about a pipeline up there, and he finished his speech, his prepared remarks. He finished them with holding up his two hands and, you know, sort of palm up to the sky, and and he shook one of them, and he said, in this hand you've got a, a very certain future that's not very good and kind of looking pretty bad. And in this other hand, you have an uncertain future. You don't you don't know what the re- result's going to be. But in this other one, you know it's going to be bad. So let's at least talk about something different. Not asking oh. anybody to do something different today except talk different. Let's talk about what's working somewhere and give it a try, you know. And... We're not, yes, we're going to go to eco-sustainable villages that have their own constitution and money and stuff to show you what this might look like on a community-wide scale. But we're also going to talk to people like Aurora that is just has a blast if she can make a 10-foot-high thing for tree frogs. That's not big, people. That's really, come on now, how much are we asking of you? Give us a weekend, put up 10-foot of tree frog. You'll be hooked. Really? Just give it a try, because 
you'll find the message really behind the movie is that uh, each and every one of these people that we talk to um, are doing this really in their own unique way. And they're taking their own unique skills and gifts. And the end result is still the same. And I think that's something else people need to understand and see on a large scale is that everybody's unique contribution is worthy and of value. And and for those who are thinking, I have nothing to offer, I'm hoping that the movie will help them to understand that the wide range of things that may be put on the table at this point, you know, the variety is so vast that I think everybody on the planet has something to offer. Yeah, and that's, you know... Uh, what you were saying earlier about how people, given the choice, people will do something to make things better. And I just saw in the Time magazine, most recent, I think it's the most recent Time magazine, it shows like the 10 top ideas of two, you know, the 10 top ideas or 10 ideas that are changing your, your life now in 2012. And one of those, I think number four, it's called, it's basically exactly that, handprint versus footprint. You know, saying that we want to make a positive difference. And so it already made te- Time Magazine's top ten list. So I know you're right on, you know. It 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 is. I, I think, and it goes back to the same thing I'm always saying. As much as I get up on my soapbox and I get frustrated with... Complacency and um, the odd evidence of, of occasional laziness. <laughs> I have this amazing faith in humanity. I see human beings as been as being the most incredible of creatures, um, and so innovative and loving and compassionate and caring and capable of doing remarkable, amazing things. And I think that, again, it comes back to them understanding how awesome they are and having faith in themselves that they can make a difference. And once they do that, we're good. Yay. Nothing else to worry about, you know. Like, just believe in yourselves and in each other and we're golden. Yeah. Beautiful. And And the the faith piece that you just brought up, I... um, Two weeks ago, I think, I participated in, there's a group called Interfaith Power and Light. And that's exactly, it's a faith-based coalition of people from all kinds of denominations. I did something at the Temple of Isis, which is, you know, a temple to the divine, the dark feminine, um, which is, I I love the divine feminine, so I'm, I try and link in with people who are in that in that area. But this group, Interfaith Power and Light, comes out of Grace Cathedral and Reverend Sally Bingham, who there were fourteen thousand people of every denomination: Christians, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, you know, pagans. Everybody was doing whatever in their own community. They were doing something to address you know, energy consumption or energy efficiency and climate from a faith-based perspective. And it that was just two weeks ago. And see, this is what I'm talking about when, when I say that 
we are now on the verge of something that mankind has never before witnessed because we talk about the barriers coming down between religion and belief, but I think people need to really wake up to the fact that we're witnessing it happening. It's not a matter of waiting for it anymore. It's happening right now. I mean, if you look look around the world, you've seen examples of of Christians protecting Muslims when they're praying in war zones. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the time when these barriers have just been shattered. Because they have a common purpose, a common vision. And it's it's a family-based common vision. As in, the human family has a vision. And they are uniting to make that vision a reality. And, and, and you've got to hold on to it best as you can. Because like we saw in Egypt, they there were Christians standing in a circle around Muslims while they were knelt over praying to make sure that nobody got them while they were all in the square united against the government. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, a year later, they were all arguing again. you got to remember that it can be that way and how good that feels. And then you won't ever settle for anything less. And I think that's what we're seeing is people just aren't willing to settle for less. Um, and how cool is that? Absolutely. Well, Yay. It's also, I think, where um, it's like the movies that we've seen, in a way. I'm thinking of Avatar, and I'm thinking of Red Tails. I don't know if you know about this, the latest George Lucas film about the Tuskegee Airmen, the African Americans who fought in World War II. And yes, fought. I've heard of it. Mm. Well, mm. I think they're similar, right? They're, it's stories about you know people who go to exceptional lengths to protect... Um, culture, even if it's not their own, right? That's kind of what you're you're referring to with the Muslims and you know Christians protecting them. And we're just—it's like I think we're starting to, as a species, you know, it's, our global consciousness is truly coming awake, and we're not looking at each other in national terms or religious terms or you know skin color anymore. We're seeing that we are one race of of people, and we're like that that consciousness and the the this media that we're using like I'm connected with you two now even though we haven't really seen each other and we're far away it's like these this technology is enabling us to do this work so that we can come together and potentially you know even make a global vote what if we could all vote for peace if the people of the world could vote for peace, we would vote for peace in, we could do it in 24 hours. I, you know, and that's an interesting prospect that I think that, I think that people could do it in, and would do it. And it's, it is getting to the point where, okay, we're still playing the politics game. We're still voting people in and voting people out. And that's all well and good. But there is this global movement behind the scenes with the launch of several different organizations, charities, um, you know, community-based programs that are being launched, created, built, envisioned, and, and brought to life through 
global collaborations and people have become aware that they don't need the government to feed the hungry people. They'll just go ahead and feed them themselves. And I think this is an, it's an important shift. It's an important shift in thinking. It's an important shift in, in action. And it's incredible to watch and to bear witness to. I think that human beings have stepped into a place where there is an acceptance of other people's belief systems and a level of respect for their belief systems. They've lost the fear do you understand with with this amazing ability we now have to communicate around the world that fear has gone by the wayside because the mystery surrounding all these different belief systems has has disappeared because people are able to self-educate and communicate mm-hmm. and ask the important questions like do you really you know kill babies <laughs> right do you really eat our children when you come to invade our country and, and so people are having that conversation and they're learning about each other and they're learning about their world. And in their learning, they are becoming Change accepting and less <laughs> fearful. They're cre- yeah, well, literally, it, they are becoming change makers. At the height of the Occupy thing, you know, and then there were some, you know, well, we're going to quit supporting Planned Parenthood's breast cancer screening or whatever. And. I would post on my wall some news story, and I would say, "Uh uh-oh, we the people showed up. And every time that happened, the desired outcome was achieved. Even like one day the politicians are on the television, never as long as I live will there ever be. And then they're on the TV tomorrow going, okay, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) It's what happens when we the people show up, because we the people are talking to each other, and that's how you become we the people. You can't be with the people if you're stuck in the closet. Um, whether it's the spiritual closet or your physical closet in your house, you know. Uh, if you are, if you've got physical limitations that Jane and I have had to put up with, get your computer turned on, turn off the television, get on YouTube. You'll find these innovative people are just everywhere. Towns in California, you know, well, we can't grow a garden. We don't have any space. So they just took over the uh, right-of-way where the power lines go, you know, those empty spaces that they just mow. The government, why would they do it? Well, they don't have to mow it anymore. The people, why would they do it? They like fresh food. And everything that the volunteers that run the garden can't eat feeds the homeless and doesn't feed them a can of Spam, feeds them something that can feed feed their bodies, feed their spirit, feed their soul. Give them some love. Yeah, because I mean, God bless the food banks for all they for all they do. But sugar sugar coated cereal and uh, canned meat, just you know, KD. This is not how to help. And it doesn't feed, have to be. You know, a healthy society. So if we really want people to to get back on their feet and to find their purpose, we have to start at the core of things, which is to nourish not just their mind and their their spirituality, but we also have to nourish their bodies. Body, mind, and spirit, folks. Mm. 
and we clean up our bodies and get them producing energy in uh, overabundance again, like they came from the factory. And the planet will reflect that right back to you in that mirror we call Gaia. Gaia is Gaia, but Gaia is also a mirror. We're all in this together, people. Where 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 are you going to go? You got a spaceship in your garage you didn't tell me about? Because if not, we're all on Spaceship Earth, and we better figure out how to get along. You know? Just think about it. Okay? It's big. It's really, really big. It kind of floats through space on its own, not really going anywhere. Well, yeah, it is. The sun's going somewhere, and we're going with it. We don't go around and around in circles. We're in a big spiral going through space, man. Yeah, the toroid you talked about. And uh, it, it's it's time that you look at it that way. Because if you were in one of those little Star Trek spaceships and somebody, you know, set a fire, you would be like, dude, you realize we're in a spaceship. we got to breathe this stuff in here. Well, okay. Earth's really, really big. And it's got some processes to do away with some of the waste because we all got to breathe in and breathe out and... That's why there's trees and plants. They breathe in what we breathe out. It's a really good arrangement, as long as we don't kill them all. And and and, and then you would see, you can't just, you know. Yes, once we had a very narrow view of life, and you peed in the river, and it was gone. <laughs> now we know there's people downriver. Right. People everywhere. There's 7 billion of us, okay? We're covering the joint up. So right. it doesn't go away. There is no away. away. <laughs> Where's it going to go? You say, okay, well, I'm going to bury it over here. No, it was still here. Where'd it go? <laughs> I mean, are they are these garbage trucks dumping stuff and they're putting it on a rocket and shooting it out in space? I don't think so. Last no. I heard, it all stays right here. Where'd that go? It's over there. No, it's here. It's all here. <laughs> I love that you brought up Bucky Fuller. And um, that's one of his wonderful books. I think one of the most accessible is um, Operation Manual for Spaceship Earth. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, he used to, he had, I have friends who met each other. They're still married or, you know, together. They met in the 70s at one of his world games, which, you know, he said, you know, people get together to play war games and, we, you know, we the people are footing the bill for that, where they get together to see how they can basically destroy things better. And so let's get together, we the people, and do a, the world games. And we'll basically get together and see how we can come up with the solutions to feed, clothe, and educate everybody on the planet, you know. And whoever gets to the solution wins. And that's a good new game to play. I mean, and, and what they win is a healthy planet full of healthy, peaceful, not trying to blow you up people. We've, yeah. we've played what a the bonus. board game in, in, in every which way we can think of for thousands of years. <laughs> so, really, I know we're I'm, we're we're we've running. We've got to be done with that. We're running out of time, but uh, for folks that may have seen, I I was I remember when it came out. I'm old like that. Uh, this movie called War Games. It's about a kid that hacked into the computers of accidentally of the nuclear something. Oh my! And there was this computer that the military had built that was 
that was the computer's job was to play war games and figure out how to beat people. Right? But they programmed all these games in it, but they didn't let it play it except when they were doing the study and that sort of thing. And it, somehow, whatever this kid did, the thing started playing the game with the real missiles was going to blow up Russia or something. And the kid figured it out. You know, they didn't know how to stop this computer. And uh, the kid figured it out. He got the computer to play tic-tac-toe. And the computer figured out he couldn't win. First time the computer had been introduced to a game that you can't win. So the computer immediately played all the nuclear scenarios and then decided, this is a stupid game. Nobody can win. <laughs> and so it shut down all the missiles. Oh. It was about to blow up the world. It had the codes and everything. It was getting ready to go. And it shut them all down because it was like, well, this is a stupid game. Nobody can win. How about a nice game of chess? <laughs> and, 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 and to some extent, we've done that in real life. We've played the war games. The blood has been shed on all the grounds we've ever trod on on this planet. Indeed. That's enough of that. Indeed. Didn't work out. We're still trying to figure it out. So that ain't the answer. Can't be. Tried that. Like Elohim says, if thinking about this was going to solve it, it had been solved long ago. Everybody had been thinking about it for a thousand years. So let's do something different. Anyway, here we here we find ourselves once again at the close of our show. Uh, for our podcast listeners that are uh, a distance from the screen, uh, your best link is www.changemakersthemovie.me. Uh there's links there to our Indiegogo page for donations. There's information there about what we're doing. Uh, but we've just kind of laid it out for you on the show. I think we ought to change the front page. You know, what's our goal? We want to change the conversation. That's all. That's all. Nobody has to... We're not asking anybody to get up and grow anything, build anything, do anything. Just change the conversation. Just for a minute, go, you know, they're doing this thing over there, and it looks like it's working. They're all looking goofy happy. I'd like to be goofy happy. Really, when we get to the point where everybody looks around the world and goes, this is a cool place, look at what they're doing, we've made it. And Yay. and there's a batch of them that are doing it. And, uh-huh. and uh, that's why we know, you know if somebody has a problem and can't let us film, we got thousands, tens of thousands to choose from, folks. You are not alone. <laughs> and you can now, of course, we, every day. Our our guest tonight, Aurora, is one of those change makers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aurora, can you tell our listeners where to find you and your remarkably innovative creation? Thank you. Um, I'm in the Bay Area, and I have a website. It's uh, Habitile, H-A-B-I-T-I-L-E dot com. Uh, in a tile for habitat because of the like the ha- I call that tower for frogs I call it a habit tower. So my website is habitile because I have a living wall system that I have been um, you know working to develop as well. Uh, that's probably the best way habitile dot com. And awesome. on the archive for tonight's show, there'll be a link to the last time Aurora visited with us with lots more detail about habitile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's evolving just like our movie project is because we're all evolving people. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, 
You know, it's one of those sayings I've always enjoyed, you know. Life's happening for you, not to you. And you don't have to enjoy it. It's just easier if you do. I heard that. I was like, well, hell, that's enough logic right there. I got that. Let's go have fun. Yeah. Really? Come on, people. You don't have to like it, but, you know, it's easier if you do. Yep. I love the idea of the global sabbatical where we just, we put all the... All the people who want to do the destruction, we give them, you know, virtual games, you know, video games, and we put them in a room and or on a golf course, and they get all the martinis they could ever want and do whatever they want, but they they just play virtual war games or whatever, and then we fix it, and we can always pick up the destruction. <laughs> if after a year we think it was really a good idea, we can always go back to it, you know. Oh, That's yeah. actually a fantastic idea. That's yeah. <laughs> Let them go play, you know. Let them let them play in a room over there. But there's no over there, so we'll look. If we just start going and thriving and being all healthy and stuff, they'll come. Yep. They'll come. Yeah. You know, this lady I saw eats roughly the diet that Doctor Walls talks about. Seventy three years old. Looks to me like she's maybe I don't know forty five. Wow. Looking at a picture of her. And uh, so that'll get people turned on. Let's see. I can go have some surgery, and eventually I'll look like my skin has been pulled under saran wrap. Or I can <laughs> have a salad. Gee, that's a rough decision that right there, eh? Telling you. Um, All right. The, the difference it makes in your 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 sense of well-being, your skin, your everything, even my hair um, looks better. <laughs> It's it's an easy sell. It really is. Just it's it's such an easy sell. Want to change the world? Eat greens for a week. <laughs> That's my prescription. There you have it. Yep. Say, oh, it's got to be bigger than that. No, it's not bigger than that. That's the thing. It's too simple. People overlook it. Ought to be complicated. Why? I don't like complicated. Really, I'm good at it, but so. Einstein was good at it. He said anybody can make something more complicated. It takes genius to make it more simple. Well, be simple. So, Aurora. Yeah. You got about one minute. I know. Okay. Gotta, I know, I just, well, I know you got to go. We got plenty of time on the air, but uh, I just want to say thank one you, thing, guys. One thing to say to the world. Uh, global health equals global wealth. Ooh, I like it. Keep it simple. Need bumper stickers. Come on. All uh, right. Or at least virtual ones. We can stick all over the internet. Yep. Global health equals global wealth. Hmm. I wonder if I can draw a logo for that and stick it into our store. <laughs> there. I'd love to do that. It's a phrase that I've been, you know, I I love it. It's so it is. It's simple and it says everything we've been saying that. There's no difference between our bodies and the earth and the environment and ourselves and our communities. So if we just focus on making ourselves and the world healthier, it'll all come together. That's where that's where Homeland Security really is. In the homeland, your own body. Start right mm-hmm. there. Because you can start there. 
I can't go fix whatever they're doing in the steel smelting plants or the. There's a part of Houston, boy, you don't even want to drive through there to smell that. Wow. Uh, but it is a state of art, state of the art oil refinery of the world. Okay, great. It smells horrible, and occasionally they have accidents and it kills a bunch of people. Good. Next. <laughs> All right, All right, folks. Well, mm-hmm. we will uh, be back again this Thursday with uh, Kimberly Riggins, The uh, Art of Eating Chocolate Naked. <laughs> Better than petrochemical refineries eating chocolate naked, I think. <laughs> I just want to know what's up with the naked part. I'm, you know, a guy after all. Oh, no. Really. Uh Thanks for coming, folks. Join us again on Thursday night, and until then, stay connected. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me. And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee. You can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.